0: hey everybody welcome this is gonna be episode four and i have a treat for everyone who is listening today i am here with a father's day special my amazing dad ted greenberg
1: thank you so much for the introduction i'm happy to be here with my incredible son adam greenberg
0: oh thank you so, uh, to start the show, what are some news and goods? Some new and good? Yes, yeah, some new and goods.
1: Um, well, I'm up and walking again. My back had gone out, uh, as Adam knows, a couple weeks ago, and now I'm moving around much better. So, so that's great. Mm-hmm. That's good.
0: You were able to bike, right? Or no, not
1: yet. To bike, no. I was able to walk from one room to the other, you know, without any assistance. That's I've totally also good. been doing some stretching and training, and I had our uh, one of the neighbors in our building, uh, Ricky DeVito, who is a massage therapist extraordinaire, who, while he's doing it, you feel a lot of pain, but afterwards, you say, <laughs> wow, that really works. Uh, did a session with me this morning, and that was really helpful. That's nice. That's really good. How about yourself? What's going on?
0: Yeah, mine new and good. Huh. Well... We went to the lake yesterday, which was pretty nice. Uh, I've been trying really hard to cook as well. I guess that's my new and good. I've been trying really hard to cook uh, lunch. So at the farm, we make our own breakfast and lunch. And Rio and Lee, who own the farm, cook dinner. And the dinner is almost all raw vegan. Uh, For lunch, I'm cooking. So today I made some lettuce wraps with some tofu, some some Asian-inspired lettuce wraps with some tofu, some uh, onions and some mushrooms and put like a marinated the tofu for a bit. And uh, yeah, put it all in a lettuce wrap. I overstepped my lettuce wrap though. Like, it
1: started spilling Sounds- out. Was it looking like my homemade sushi?
0: Exactly. For people has- who do not know, you could explain,
1: yeah. Well, uh, my uh, my homemade sushi tends to look more like a burrito and it does mm-hmm. a uh, an overstuffed burrito that's popping from all sides, as opposed to sushi that's nice and neatly cut. But that's a, maybe that's a commentary on my lifestyle as well. But we'll, we'll put that aside for for some <laughs> other time. <laughs> to be
0: fair, all of our homemade sushi is a little slapdash. Like we we don't go for a presentation on our sushi. Well
1: it that. has it has been suggested that. That I am uh, purposely failing at homemade sushi so that others would make sushi for me. And there may be a kernel of truth in there somewhere, but I, I try. I try. And I have good coaches, so I think in the future there will be some improvement.
0: There will be some improvements? Okay. looking forward to your – so that means you're committed to making your own sushi from now on, right?
1: I'm optimistic. I'm not saying that 100% <laughs> of the time I'll make my own sushi, but I will. Um, I will try when others are there and – take guidance. Take guidance.
0: Okay. Yeah, there's been times when I was last year in Finland, I was, I, I loved my time on the farm there, but their sushi, they took so much, they really liked having precise sushi and trying to make a store, not, not restaurant quality sushi or like make it look somewhat like a restaurant. I'm like, this is wrong. I like my homemade stuff, the entire kitchen sink inside of my sushi and then roll it up and not be able to cut it and just bite and
1: eat it they use a ruler for their sushi or they were not that precise
0: not that precise no but they made like they pre-made the sushi and then hand cut it rather than roll it all together
1: very nice very nice you know i've been accused by some people of being very true to recipes and using measuring spoons and measuring cups to make sure it's exactly right and But i don't use a ruler for sushi and my sushi is a fail so maybe there's a lesson there use the ruler for sushi yeah some sort of a a gauge to say it's now overstuffed and so Mm
0: -hmm. maybe you could like take a measuring spoon and put each thing on so maybe like a tablespoon of carrots or something and
1: that that could be true and then of course if we all did that then there would be no squabbles at the at the family dinner table as to who got too much and who got too little. You know, all yeah. be properly portioned.
0: But uh, wouldn't that not benefit though you though?
1: Would it benefit me? Yeah. I think it's you know, sometimes my my correlation of what goes in to what should go in is a bit off. So some mm-hmm. sort of measuring device would be would be helpful.
0: No, I'm saying that you tend to eat the most food. So if we were to evenly split ah.
1: <laughs> well I do. I mean, as Adam has probably heard me say many times, I was the youngest of four brothers. Mm -hmm. and i always get served last so i needed to catch up so to this day i still eat fairly rapid fire and have some history with food contests i mean i'm no joey chestnut but you know i've gotten some prizes over the years
0: yeah you got prizes or
1: yeah my photo was in food and wine magazine when i had uh came in third in a donut eating contest
0: okay i just heard that you participated i didn't remember you getting third
1: no no that i got the matzo ball eating contest that's the one that i Mm-hmm. I, you know, I made it through the preliminaries, but it was at Ben's Deli, and it was uh, pre-any vegan concept of anyone in this family. And uh, of ha- were vegan, kind of. Right, but generally they were made with uh, chicken soup. Uh, apologies uh, yeah. to any, any chickens that might be listening. But the um, that particular one, they, they had very, very big matzo balls, and so mm-hmm. I I came in about middle of the pack in the finals.
0: What's the relative size of the matzo
1: balls that were uh well, typically the ones my mother made and the ones we make are more golf balls. Mm-hmm. These were probably at least baseballs. I wouldn't call them softballs, but they were much larger circumference, radius, mm-hmm. whatever all that stuff is from geometry. Were they floaters or sinkers? Those were floaters, but they had, you know, the volume was mm-hmm. was 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 pretty good. And um, for that particular contest, the winning prize was a weekend a spa visit to Gurney Spa out in the Hamptons or Montauk, wherever it is. So that was actually a pretty legit prize. Good prize. Sadly, just up Mm -hmm. the track.
0: Yeah. So for people who do not know, my dad is the first reluctant vegan in the family. I am the second reluctant (laughs) vegan. So what was your, uh, what did you think when Lily came home and wanted to be vegan?
1: Well, you know, I would say that my reaction was not the same as mom's. And I was not not a, did not readily embrace it. Um, you know, I was the one who was tasked with cooking dinner a good deal amount when uh, the kids were growing up. Mm-hmm. I was working from home some on various projects and things, and so I had the rotation of recipes and uh, you mm-hmm. know, ch- the chicken, the meatloaf, the tuna pasta that everybody loved. Tuna and pasta. All those were X'd out of existence, no longer in the rotation and so it was tough you know i also struggled with the vegan police a little bit you know i was trying but you know there were people that knew better and so the vegan police were always around so it, w- it was tough but we slowly made progress you know we migrated certain things so the tuna pasta became tuna uh meatless meatballs i'm uh, not tuna oh. meatless meatballs.
0: <laughs> yeah tuna meatless meatballs
1: <laughs> 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 it was pasta pasta so tuna pasta was uh tuna fish with a red sauce, and a caputinesco. So instead of tuna, we started using uh, meatless meatballs. And The so- first
0: time my dad made the tuna pasta, my sister and I were terrified because we thought that we had the, he was making this cold, anti-pasta tuna salad, and we hate that. I've never tasted a good, like, cold tuna salad. So we were like, why the fuck would you make tuna salad? And then he made this red sauce, if you want to continue describing it.
1: Yeah, so the red sauce has olives and... Um, I don't know what are the little green things on my Capers. Capers, capers, mushrooms, onions, whatever you want to throw in there. And then now we instead of using noodles a lot of times we use zoodles. So mm-hmm. we have a nice spicy pasta sauce with the meatless meatballs and we have zoodles and it's a quite the healthy meal and everybody's happy. In fact, we have done that on some of the holidays and had family over and they have hi Lily. Uh, somebody's peeking Adam's shoulder mm-hmm. and so we had um you know everyone seems to like it so we, we've done that uh, we mixed in a few other things started using more squashes and things um you know trader joe was a savior when they had you know the vegan ice cream is actually mm-hmm. pretty good pretty good and the soy so, cherry ice cream soy cherry and now they have a new flavor we just tried it's made with almond milk that is a vanilla but you know, Catherine really? made things taste like cake batter. It's How that sweet. It? It's good. It's actually it good. good. It tastes like a premium ice cream. Yeah.
0: Well, you were very passionate about the soy cherry ice cream at Trader Joe's. I mean, Trader Joe's at one point, I think, tried discontinuing it or wasn't stocking it at the location near our house. And that my dad was the number one proponent to getting it back on the shelves.
1: Actually, they had stopped it. I reached out to Ben & Jerry's corporate through their website. And they said that sales have been slow, but they were getting some inquiries about it and they had decided to bring it back. So now I feel committed to buying it as often as possible and eating as much as possible. <laughs> Does, I mean, I used to always say that my dream job in life was a taste tester at Ben & Jerry's, mm-hmm. that was my dream job. And we actually, on one of our trips, we used to go up to a family camp in Vermont. Uh, we did it for a week, a number of summers. We made a little detour afterwards and went to see the Ben & Jerry's factory, and which was great, got a lot of samples. and. Ben and Jerry's always come out a new flavor every couple of months. And I always was made the point to try the new flavors and never quite made it to the taste test lab as a, an employee, but they mm-hmm. do now have non-dairy flavors and there's enough, you know, and then we have Van Leeuwen, which has stores near us. So yeah. we're actually been going to a few different, uh, getting the ice cream fixed. So those of you who are afraid there's not good vegan ice cream, there is. There are. Mm-hmm. There are. Yeah, there are. You
0: could be a taste tester at Van Leeuwen's.
1: Yeah, Van Leeuwen has a coconut base. And so that's pretty good stuff. You're right. I mean, well, we talked, if we ever get a, a oh, vegan yeah. truck, we can carry all the vegan flavors.
0: Oh, a vegan ice cream truck. I mean, that would be expensive though. Cause then you'd have to buy it unless you make a deal with the place. Cause right. if you buy it like bulk or what's it called? When you, you buy, wouldn't buy it,
1: no, you wouldn't buy the pints. You'd have to buy some, yeah. some sort of industrial size, but they do, I think, serve it at certain restaurants or you'd make, you'd figure out something mm. to make it work.
0: Yeah, if you could make a flavor of Ben and Jerry's. Well, what's your favorite flavor of Ben and Jerry's?
1: You know, what's interesting is I always used to come back to Jerry Garcia, which is very similar to the soy cherry chip ice cream that they mm-hmm. have at uh, Trader Joe's, you know, minus the milk content.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I was always just a uh, whatever had the most inside of it fan. So I would go at school <laughs> and I would look on the container and I would look for the mix-ins. Like, I loved Coldstone. Coldstone Stone Cold was yeah. really good because I like the way they mixed in everything in the ice cream.
1: What if we well, did ben that?
0: If...
1: Yeah, go. No, I say Ben and Jerry's uh, had a flavor called Chubby Hubby that um, mm-hmm. sometimes my profile looked like I ate too much Chubby Hubby, became a Chubby Hubby, but um, no. that had pretzel, caramel. That had that was basically the kitchen sink. Yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. What if
0: we made a vegan Cold Stone and just had mix-ins?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, the thing that's great about like a truck is you can keep going to different people rather than having one location. And But if you can get enough people, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, they, okay. there's a that place Whip near us that we went to. You you didn't go with us. That's now I new I on, It's new on Orchard Street, and they have mm-hmm. the kind of mixed stuff in with soft ice cream that's all vegan. Ooh. It's all vegan? It's vegan, yeah. That's really good. Give a shout out on Orchard Street down the uh, sort of block over from Orchard Grocer. Okay. Huh. I mean, one of the things that we've now, you know, as you know, at Costco now carries the Beyond Burger.
0: Yeah, you love the Beyond Burgers.
1: That's Beyond Burgers, been a staple. That tastes close to a burger. I have to give them credit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has come a long way when I initially, a couple of things initially were, I'm definitely not a big bean person, and yeah. I do not want to, you know, eat and wrapped food, the lettuce and the carrots all day long. And then Is that what it- you thought
0: originally? On the original? I said it was...
1: It was going to be beans, tofu, and rabbit food, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're not a big fan.
1: No, I need some more substance. You know, substance, I'm, yeah. Substance, density, whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. Also making Lily lunch. And, you know, so there's the people that I knew that were vegetarians. I didn't know many vegans. We're not thin people, so it wasn't like they were losing weight. But, you know. Yeah.
0: Of a I was telling mom the four Ps of veganism very important well very important to the beginner and then as you become as you experiment more and you've been vegan longer you tend to eat a lot less of just pasta and carbs and or the big carbs i guess there's carbs in everything
1: so potatoes i mean french fries are just Mm -hmm. i mean in oil so i mean what can be wrong with that
0: of course of course why don't you make anything in like a honey mustard tofu thing because one of my favorite things that my dad made when we were still eating meat is a honey mustard chicken what if you made like a baked honey mustard tofu
1: yeah you know last night i tried making a uh it was called cauliflower crispy sort of chicken but baked and mm-hmm. it was crispy on the outside but wasn't chicken on the inside so we getting to get work with tofu that would be a good question to have some of those sauces was it tasty it was i i was fine and you know threw some hot sauce on it so it worked for me yeah um, I would say it was middling. It wasn't my best effort, okay. but I uh, was something that I, I liked. could be like a little side, maybe experiment. I, the, the feedback was it was too floury, a little too much breading.
0: Too much breading. Huh. So you yeah. really went for the extra crunch.
1: Right. The recipe actually called for dipping uh, a combination of um, vegan egg and milk, which was I used soy milk, dip it in flour, then back in mm-hmm. the vegan, elk, vegan uh, egg and milk, and then into breadcrumbs and then spray it with oil spray and then bake it so yeah so i used the aquafaba you know the chickpea juice
0: oh the chickpea juice i've never tried aquafaba or i've never tried cooking with it yeah what do you think
1: it was pretty good i mean i had made a salad last week that was uh tomatoes cucumbers red onion chickpeas and mm-hmm. some lemon dressing, and oops, so I had some chickpea juice just lying around and yeah. waiting to be used, and so there it went.
0: Okay, what I've been doing up here is I've been doing more like stir fries, and then trying to put different spices for different flavors, and then putting it on different mediums. So like the other day, I made a uh, like a tacos, and I made like onions, peppers, tofu, put a bunch of spices on, and tried making a taco. And then the next day, I did. Today, I did like tofu and onions, and then I put on soy sauce and tried to make it like Asian inspired and put in lettuce wrap. So, I'm trying to do more without recipes and quick because when I go to school, like at home during quarantine, I have this uh, reputation as a slow cooker, um, possibly. And I would try, I'm, I like using recipes as well. And so, it would take me a while to cook anything. So, I would say if I was really cooking, Granted, I'd also watch Netflix while doing this, so maybe I wasn't the most focused chef in the world, but it would take me two hours to make a
1: a little dish or something. Well, if you're enjoying cooking, you're more likely to do it, so you can Mm -hmm. multitask if that adds to the... Yeah, so Adam and I used to, you know, Adam used to play a lot of baseball, and I was uh, either a coach, assistant coach, travel person for a number of his teams, and so... You know, it's always it interesting when we'd go on trips. Chick Fil A was very popular, and some of the others, and it's like, wow. You know, do you really mean? And then one of the things that sort of came up on our vegan experience, or mine, was the movie Game Changers, which if you haven't seen, it came out in two thousand eighteen, and it's all about athletes who have vegan. You know, vegan. They talk about their recovery times are faster. Um, 14 members of the Tennessee Titans were eating vegan after one, one of them, their wife used to make food and bring to practice. And the next thing they were all asking for it, and the next thing you know, she's got 14 guys coming over for dinner once a week and they're eating most you know, vegan. So let's check it out if you get a chance.
0: I never saw it. Did you watch the original, one? the thing that Lily watched the movie? I forgot what it's called.
1: And mom watched. Uh, but, no, I've managed to avoid, I've seen some videos of, uh, animals, Uh, But I have not, not, not being, not being treated kindly, but I have not uh, sat through the entire uh, movie with them. But I was thinking, you know, it's Shea Stadium or now City Field. I could even make that faux pas. They have, uh, if they ever open up again, there's a Marty's V-Burger has, so there's a vegan uh, location there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice.
0: Yeah. Do you think the season's going to start this year or?
1: Well, you know, it's hard to understand how there's not some middle point that they could have reached. And now that there's talk that the owners are gonna unilaterally impose what they want, which, you know, never seems to have a good result because it could backfire down the road and you want the players to come in uh, motivated. So I'm not sure exactly what's gonna happen. I think they'll have something because there's Mm -hmm. too much money to not do something. But when you have a bunch of rich guys and a bunch of other rich guys, they tend to, you know, plant their flags in the ground and they're not.
0: Yeah, but the owners are a lot richer than the players.
1: All right. So, they say, so let's take it back. So it's not millionaires and millionaires. It's billionaires it's and millionaires
0: and then, but it also affects so many other people because these are large organizations with many workers.
1: Right. All the stadium workers. There was a, mm-hmm. um, the basketball players, a lot of them had contributed to a fund for stadium, like arena workers, you know, Baseball, not as much. But baseball also has a lot of minor leaguers who are not millionaires. Yeah. They're not even multi-thousandaires. And minor league umpires who make, you know, a fraction of what what the dream to make the major leagues. And so, yeah, it's a whole system of people that are, you know, the restaurants around the stadiums,
0: you know, mm-hmm. everything.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. Well, they're going to talk. I mean, you know, basketball is going to do their entire season down in whatever, if they do eventually come back, down in Disney World. There's a lot of talk about
0: that, though, because players are wanting to sit out because of the Black Lives Matter protests, and I haven't really heard of anything. Like, I think the plan was set and good, but then all the protests started happening, and these uh, players, they really want to contribute to the protests and help support the movement.
1: So There seems to be some amongst the players' varying opinions, and, you know, not to say anybody doesn't have their opinion, but some people think they should sit out. Other people think that that will give them a platform because they'll get a lot of attention. Others think they can, you know, have money from that go towards, you know, the causes that they're supporting. So there's definitely a mixed, a mixed opinion, and you know, hopefully they'll be able to uh, amongst them get it all right. You mm-hmm. know, there.
0: I mean, I've heard of an opinion that they don't want to play because they think it'll take focus
1: away from the protests. As a night. That's, Not that's, just to support. Right, that's definitely one sort. You know, in, in terms of national media, there's definitely media attention on it. Would mm-hmm. that take away from it? I guess it's it's a it's a question as to whether it would take away, or if they use it as a platform, they could they could bring. You know, if they started every game by remembering people, or doing you know some sort of video where it's saying where this game is dedicated to in some way to. But, you know, I'm sure there's people out there that are looking at different ways that they can make it, make it work and still feel like they're not selling out in some way. I get that. But
0: even if they make videos and stuff like that, it doesn't really do anything. It's I understand the purpose of making the videos and using the platforms and speaking out. But there's a lot of things that happen that people know about it. It's really out there, it's really on the news. And some people will defend against it no matter
1: what. Right. And so the question is, if they don't do that and don't wh- well, what will happen without it? Will it be something else? Do they can use this to say, you know, we want the fans to contribute money and people will match it, and we want people to do, you know, can they have concrete things come out of it that yeah additives? Mm-hmm. So you know, that's that's part of it, and I think you know what the players who are saying don't play are saying is let's at least stop and look at. It rather than just go on automatic. Definitely. And so, I mean, hopefully they can work it all out. I know that, um, you know, now there's a lot of corporations that have given money towards things. Well, maybe they can, you know, just spread that into other things like equal opportunity or some of the things that can be, you know, part of the platform that can be a real ask.
0: Yeah. Hopefully some concrete things come out of this because so far nothing's changed. So, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see what happens and, I'm glad it's been a month now, I think, since the protests started pretty much. And they're still going very strong across the country, especially in New York. There's so many protests being
1: organized every day. Right, right. I mean, there's definitely some political activity about changing funding priorities. How quickly some of that stuff happens, we'll see. But keeping up the, you know, the focus on it definitely helps to hold people accountable. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But
0: this isn't a political podcast, so unless the politics are of eating meat, and then we don't support that. But you can eat meat if you want to. I'm not trying to say you're a bad per- person for eating meat. Just we don't support that. It's the only politics. Uh.
1: Well, Adam, that's a good question. Now when you go back to school, have you thought about how you're gonna, what you're going to eat when you go back? I
0: have no clue. It's, it's very difficult. It's going to be hard. It's going to take a lot of willpower. I think as of now, I'm going to try to not eat meat or any animal products. As wow. of now. But when, I, when I'm in a house with so everybody else and they're going to suggest something, I'm it's going to take a lot of willpower to not. Like I was reading our group chat. So next year, I'm finally moving off campus. Uh, I'm a senior in college. I'm going into my senior year and uh, I'm going to be living with six other people. So it's a six person house and one of my housemates is and is living with his girlfriend as well so six other people and all of them eat meat and dairy and love that stuff and actually they were who I was with on spring break before coming back to quarantine they were the same people that I was eating taco bell and uh, barbecue and Fil filet and all that delicious stuff right before going into basically cold turkey detox from all of that so I saw that they were making ribs or, like, they wanted to make ribs. I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. Then I'm like, I haven't eaten meat in so long. I, I don't really need the ribs. I would just be doing it for a social thing. So I was trying to think of alternatives. So I was thinking maybe if they want to barbecue, I can, like, barbecue some veggies, some pineapple, and make tacos.
1: There you go. You know, when we went to um, Memphis a couple of years ago and Mom and Lily were already vegan, they would go to the – the, the barbecue places and take sauce and then put that in other things I so love the barbecue sauce. Yeah. And so I was eating less meat at that time, so I didn't have that much and I was generally didn't, didn't eat uh, pork or any bacon, that kind of stuff. So it was mostly like chicken. And so, yeah, it can, get, uh, it can get a little challenging. I remember, you know, when Lily went to a summer program at Bates College, they had an entire section of the cafeteria that was vegan. And once it's made for you, as long as it tastes good, then it's fine. It's when you're in that situation where there's not a lot of – there are a lot of people eating meat, and the question is what alternatives, or you have to do all the cooking, and that's when it gets a little challenging.
0: Yeah, but if I was still on campus, there's no way I could do this. They have such bad vegan options. Really? It is honestly, insane. Yeah, it's, it's so terrible. There, There are a few options. So where I work on campus, I work at one of the stands. There's a couple of vegan options, but basically the dining services is there's a grill, a uh, Mexican restaurant, a pizza place, a sushi place, a salad place, and a sandwich place. And then there's the dining hall, which is terrible. And so I would only have three possibilities of things I could probably eat. Plus they are kind of the more expensive ones. Like if I was to, if I didn't work at the Mexican place, I would go there and it'd be twelve dollars a bowl.
1: Wow, that's pricey for New pulse.
0: Yeah, it's pricey, and they use dining dollars, and you're only supposed to use like ninety dollars a week. So
1: wow, it's Eat a lot. Ones a day, <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: you what do, do it, like fifteen a day.
1: Yeah. Chipotle has now where they have um, tofu or some other. so And what is that? Uh,
0: I'm not sure. It's uh. It is a plant-based, I think, option. It is definitely a plant-based option. I'm not sure exactly what it is. It's definitely not tofu. I think it's similar to like a soy chorizo or something. Oh,
1: nice. Nice. I mean, too bad you don't have a Trader Joe's in town. They have a lot of – I know. know, Or a Whole Foods or something like that.
0: But then I just get gyozas and eat those every day. So (laughs)
1: that would be a problem. I mean, you know, I guess the veggie dumplings are just – they're good. They're actually not that high in calories, I don't think. It's the oh, oil yeah. if you cook them in. I mean, you can, you can nuke them, too. Well, I
0: think it depends on the serving size. The serving size <laughs> might not be a whole container like I
1: want it to be. <laughs> it's like the, so it's not the whole bag of yozer and it's not the whole container of Ben & Jerry's. Is not one serving size. Is that good?
0: That's what I think they should do. They should just say how much is in the thing so people feel worse. Or, or people feel better. Do you feel better if you were being told what the serving size was? and they're like four servings container and they told you per serving size or they um uh just said how much was in the whole tub or pint and you'd have to eat for yourself
1: i think it would scare me to see that big number rather yeah. than seeing the uh smaller number and like well i just take a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more mm-hmm. and before you know it there ain't much left in the box <laughs> mm-hmm. and the ben and jerry's are in there legally cafeteria. they probably
0: have to do that though right
1: well, it's interesting. Ben and Jerry's used to show per quarter cup. And then they switched to a third a container. But I think all of the Haagen-Dazs and the Ben and Jerry's, they got a little sneaky on us. They didn't think people would. So what they did is they made them 14 ounce containers from 16. Mm-hmm. They, sh- they shrunk the container rather than raising the price. So
0: what? That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Did no you
0: see, see the thing about like a $9 MTA fee?
1: Right. If, if, well, the MTA, I mean, there was they were ghost trains for a couple of months. So they, unfortunately, their costs kept going, but their income was way, way down. So I... they're way behind their budget. So if they don't get any additional funding, that's what they would do. But there's got to be some funding. I mean, it's, so many people get serviced by it.
0: This is where the, the funding of the police should go. I mean, if it's a $9 card with $9 rides, nobody's going to take the subway or they're going to have to pay police more to catch every single person who's hopping. Because everybody's going to hop.
1: The bike lanes would get a lot more crowded. (laughs) They would. It's going to be the middle of summer.
0: It's going to be 100 degrees out and humid. I mean, if you don't live in New York, it doesn't get as hot as other places, but it gets incredibly humid.
1: Yeah, well, the trains, unfortunately, used to be sardine-like, especially Mm -hmm. during rush hour. So it's quite the opposite of social distancing. You became somebody's best friend by accident. And so it was really, really tightly packed. So, you know, even if they cut it down to half of that, you know, definitely would be lower revenue and mm-hmm. people are commuting less. So, I don't know. They're going to have to figure out something because they do need public transportation.
0: They do, especially in New York City. New York City has 7 million people. You can't have pub- not have public transportation. And the transportation system sucks
1: too. It's only, expensive to keep a car. So, yeah. you, know, you know,
0: the only thing I can, I can say about the MTA is that you can somewhat get to everywhere in the city. Now, that doesn't mean it's reliable. It doesn't mean that it's quick to get everywhere. But you can, it is all kind of connected.
1: New York people get spoiled by it too. We all complain when the service gets worse. But you go to another city and they have four stops (laughs) on the whole subway and you can't get very far. And they come to New York and like, wow, this subway, you can go everywhere. And and we're like, well, it used to be a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, but the
0: system, they never really changed. They haven't changed the system. They just renovate tracks that don't work anymore they haven't improved on anything since
1: 50 years dad the second avenue subway and they finally added it and they did it a lot less distance than they originally thought they would so yeah i mean once in a while they'll add some sort of a bus but they've been redoing traffic patterns i mean they took away cars on 14th street to make the buses faster so they've been doing some of that but yeah
0: they did the but they do the bus lane now
1: there's bus lanes a lot of the bridges and highways the buses go in some sort of uh Hov lanes, so there's mm-hmm. Are there bus. buses on highways now, or have they been? the express buses? Like certain buses, like from Staten Island, if you came into the city, you could take an express bus rather than a, a ferry. I mean, the ferry is good if you work downtown, but if it's not, then you got to go off and go somewhere else. And so, they do have express buses, but they have to then come through some sort of uh, you know roadway.
0: Okay. Yeah, the transportation system we do get a little spoiled with, but. It just—it feels bad to be just sitting there with no train, and then they come and they're crowded. I do take pleasure though in not missing a train, in the way that it, no matter how full the train is, I will find a way on that train. I do not care how close I get to somebody, how close, and <laughs> and what happens, or how tightly I'm pressed against the door.
1: But I will find a way to get on that train and hope it gets to the next stop quickly before you, so you can breathe. <laughs> it gets really A little cool. bit, yeah sweaty and packed and all that kind of stuff
0: you can tell who's from new york and who's not from new york from those little things like if you're from new york you're not missing the train you will squeeze and find a way to get each little
1: space and people know also like where's the best spot so you know like the middle of the train is crowded or you know when you get off the train at what station what's closest to the exit so you kind of yeah. like walk to get in the right spot and all that kind of stuff um,
0: also like a debate on the best subway seats like I mean, I guess generally the corner seat's always the best, but I kind of like standing leaning against the door. Technically, you're not supposed to, but I don't know. I, I like that spot. Do you have any uh, guilty pleasure subway <laughs> seat spots?
1: Well, that's right. If you're against the door, the problem is when people are trying to get it out at the next stop, if you do that yeah. all the time. And sometimes you don't know. like The doors will open on alternate sides depending on where the mm-hmm. station is. Um, I think you're also, I mean, you're not supposed to eat on the subway, but I definitely have taken liberties with that. Oh, everybody eats on the subway. I've never there put was... makeup on the subway. I know some people try that. That looks a little challenging because there's no potholes, but you could have a short stop and then <laughs> a little run of the makeup. So,
0: You haven't tried putting makeup on?
1: No, you know, I haven't tried. I and mean, then I'd usually, my, my skin coloring is a little bit fair. I could probably use a little, you know.
0: I, I yeah. Be... Do you know how to use makeup at all or no?
1: Now, the only thing I, I use that's anything like that is aftershave when I shave. And it has a, a little, little aroma. I use like a creamy one because I want it to be soothing. <laughs> but it has a little bit of a nice smell to it, I guess. You know, I'm not a big... I, do, I don't particularly like if you're in a subway or any other enclosed space, like an elevator when someone is heavily heavy perfumed. Mm-hmm. that can be quite, quite intense.
0: Oh, the Axe body spray. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Absolutely. Among others. Among others. <laughs> Of course, that's more than I do. I always forget to put on aftershave. Uh, so, little,
1: <laughs> little rough, but yeah, oh. well, I, and, and my hair just grows in probably a little more regularly. And if I don't shave within like five days, I wind up getting some bumps underneath. So, all you fathers on Father's Day, you know, you grow the beard or shave every few days. So. Yeah, gets rough. is that a good
0: Father's Day present? Uh, aftershave or
1: aftershave? Yeah. Well. Yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's pretty good. I mean, I think, um, you know, depending on your age, it may be a nice present to, like, stand with your father while they shave. And we, we had a picture of, I think it was you when you were young, like, by the sink when I was shaving or something stuff. it was, it was huh. That was one
0: thing that happened over this quarantine. Uh, we got rid of this huge uh, TV stand that uh, my family's had for 25 years now. I think it's predated me. Yeah, it was an percent. entertainment
1: center we got back in the late 90s.
0: Yeah, 100% predated me. We finally got rid of it. And there was one section just said that had all these old baby photos.
1: Yeah, and we stuff. a lot more pictures before we had phones we used to get pictures printed.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: once we first got phones or other, or other we, would, we would do some printing because it went from film to digital and then digital to everybody having on the camera.
0: How difficult was it? I'm not trying to make you sound ancient here. But <laughs> how difficult was it to transition to, like, the Internet and stuff? Because Uh-oh. I don't fully realize that even 20 years ago when I was born, the Internet wasn't such a wide thing. Like It wasn't until when did the first iPhone come out? 2010 or well, something? I mean,
1: at least you didn't say how difficult it was it to transition from the horse and buggy to the car. I mean, that Give me a little bit that, of that
0: Yeah, that would have been a
1: well, crazy. it <laughs> would have dated me a little bit. The Internet is interesting because – you know, I, you know, I like to like spend time in stores and shop grocery stores. Mm. So it's definitely changed the way you do things. And the thing about the phone is it just makes it so there. It's hard. Mm. If you have a predisposition to be like anytime you could have a, a text or, you know, social media every 30 seconds, if you can't somehow create a boundary, it's just, it's tough. I mean, email even at work, like people send emails and they expect an immediate response. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I sent you an email an hour ago. It's like, you know, if all you did was look at your email, you'd never get any work done. So yeah, it is, it's 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 a difficult transition. And I mean, as you know, I'm a klutzy texter. And mm-hmm. so you were, you know, born texting probably. I mean,
0: <laughs> I'm a bad texter. I'm not good at texting. Really? I don't like texting because texting, you can never tell what a person's. Te- saying to you like there's so many inflections or so many different tones that you can get from talking to somebody or even like calling nobody calls anymore
1: or very That's little like, some people FaceTime but well, the group chat gets you a bunch of people at once rather than one call but it'd be nice if people used emojis you get a little emotion in a text but Lily's always getting on my case because I will go back and correct my spelling or punctuation in the text it's like nobody has
0: <laughs> Who it's cares? like a recipe
1: <laughs> yeah I mean, you know, it's as people might say, it's a, a little bit, a little bit too much. Right. But... It's
0: a lot. Oh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, technology has definitely changed in photography a lot. When I was a kid, we had the. Uh, my father used to like bringing the uh, old movie projectors to, you know, whether it was some once in a while in the backyard or a camping trip or a little league game, and then we. watch them and they're just really really (laughs) it
0: it was I was going to ask you was it the reeling or was it like a VHS
1: tape (laughs) oh no it was was the real stuff in black and white yeah (laughs) color (laughs) photography didn't become you know widespread until probably mid to late 60s even color tv we were like the last ones on the block to get a color tv we didn't get a color tv until the 70s oh still watching black and white I saw John Lennon die in black and white yeah, uh, well, it was, you know, back then we had Channel 2, 4, 5, 7, 9, 11, and 13 was PBS. And then there was this 47, which is UHF, which was a Spanish-speaking channel.
0: That's probably the most interesting channel.
1: That's what you should have done. Just watch the Spanish channel and take notes. Well, my brother, Bob, and I used to watch, like, professional wrestling, and they called it Lucha Libra in Spanish. And so, Channel 47 <laughs> had Lucha Libra on with all these very <laughs> colorful wrestlers, you know, cultural Yeah.
0: I've listened to, I've watched some wrestling. I think it's actually incredible what they do. If you take it from the fact that they're actors and not, and athletes, not exactly like in a competitive perspective, or they might be competitive and trying to be the best they can at it, but just purely in the athleticism and the things they do and how they, uh, there's still a lot of danger and they fly off of the top of cages or whatever. And then they still have to act and give promos. It's, It's pretty incredible. Sometimes
1: the blood is real, I would say, Uh, but it is, you know, it's like a movie, you know, a movie is scripted and you can still be entertained because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So whereas a sporting event, you could have a 10 to nothing blowout in the baseball game and be at the concession stand the whole time because it's, it's gotten boring. So they Mm -hmm. always try to have some captivating moments in, in wrestling. That definitely is a way to keep the audience just to script it.
0: I mean, you have an exciting show every time. Did you see that the Undertaker retired or no? Is that
1: No, I haven't been following wrestling that much. I'm sure it shows up. In fact, on like the HQ sports, they always get me with the wrestling and the uh, ultimate fighting, whatever the UFC. Oh, the
0: UFC. I could help you with the UFC. I know a decent amount about you. I've gotten into it. I like the combat like it's a little too brutal for me, the combat sports, but I think there's something really fascinating about people who want to, whether it be they enjoy the fighting or they they are doing it for the money and this is something they happen to be good at choosing to go and fight and how they like dissect different people who are also trying to kick their ass like I could never do it but I think there's something really interesting about
1: it well it is interesting because you know boxing has gotten a bad reputation for being somewhat brutal football has gotten a reputation obviously Michael Vick and the dog fighting and all that kind of stuff but ultimate fighting for some reason it's it's gained sort of a uh, mainstream popularity and it's mm-hmm. it's brutal <laughs> it is. Oh, it, it's
0: crazy It um, it's insane too like just one punch, and you can knock somebody out. Somebody could be knocked
1: out. Yeah. No, I don't know. If you're, you're not looking for it, you can certainly get uh, – so. You can get
0: clocked, especially with the heavyweights. Heavyweights, I mean, it's been the same in boxing too. One punch, and you could be right out.
1: Well, it's interesting. In the in the Game Changers movie, the vegan movie, Yeah. Uh, there's a guy who's, you know, a weightlifter. There's a couple oh. of people that are, like, strength athletes – there's this guy who they show if you look at the trailer you'll see him he talks about eating vegan next thing you see him flipping a car <laughs> what yeah <laughs> yeah he's like That's a world's strongest he's an ox and he said people ask him how can you be as strong as an ox without eating meat and his answer is show me an ox that eats meat it's good answer it's a very good so, answer that is uh i wonder fact, how much he eats though
0: because oxen might not eat any meat but they just spend the entire day grazing
1: same thing you know cows tend to do eat meat right they eat grass and seed and all kinds of stuff yet somehow they're considered healthy enough to really create meat that we eat so it's all kind of interesting how it all comes together um, yeah it is you know the whole vegan thing i just sent you i quoted you something today that there's now 81 varieties of vegan cheese products at whole foods so there's wow. more and more stuff out there that makes Wait, it
0: 81 at whole foods
1: yeah that includes like the cream cheeses but there's you know all these different varieties and different flavors and shredded so there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, when we do our beyond burgers we do put on we make a cheeseburger and some of them melt up pretty decent is that your favorite vegan food favorite vegan food i mean ice cream is always my greatest temptation <laughs> um <laughs> I, you know, I go back and forth with nuts. I mean, I can sit there and chips and French fries. Like palm frites, unless they're using vegetable, uh, you know, not using vegetable They use oil. peanut oil. Yeah, that's, you know, how can you get wrong with that? With dipping sauces? Oh, it's so goes good. wrong is the belly line, right? Yeah. So. I mean, the
0: one thing that definitely has grown since I've been home is we've eaten a lot of dates and peanut butter. And so I have a reputation now on the farm as a peanut butter guy. Like, if for breakfast, I'll eat an apple and a peanut butter with peanut butter or banana with peanut butter.
1: Some of that was Catherine's influence. Some of that we had started to, you know, using yeah. dates iced. One of the things I really like to make is a pumpkin smoothie. Mm-hmm. So I put in a you know, pumpkin and it used dates for the sweetener and it's, it's really good. Usually it's seasonal, but we've stocked up on some pumpkin and pumpkin spice. One of the other things I like a lot that I make is the spaghetti squash um, sort of pizza with the uh, sauce and vegan cheese on top. That's really yeah, that's great. really good. Crisps stuff, th- nice. Mhm. There's some decent vegan pizza. I
0: wanna, I wanna try some more. Uh, anything else you wanna say? Uh, we've been talking for 40 minutes. Anything else you wanna talk about on the podcast?
1: Well, I remember bagels are also good, good uh, vegan food too. Anything else oh, I wanna say? Yeah. I would say we've probably come a long way. You know, saying one of the things I forgot to mention in my little vegan police flip initially was that the vegan police carry the celery sticks and carrot sticks to keep you in line. So. Ah, boom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh <God. laughs> much nicer than the, the sticks that the real police use.
0: Yeah. I don't <laughs> think that's the comparison you want to make, especially right now.
1: That's true. <laughs> that's true. So, no, I think it's been great. And um, I think one of the nice things about having you guys home during the quarantine, you guys have cooked a lot. and me, you know, I probably stayed at work a little too long, but we wound up having more family meals and eating together. and so that Yeah.
0: That's that been really great.
1: good really good thing and then that would turn into playing cards or word games or mm-hmm. code names or whatever the other codenomas yep codenomas codenomas now, what, the only thing I would say is that um, you know is just to wrap up from Father's Day is that it's really been great to be your father and mother's father and,
0: oh thank you it's been amazing having
1: you as my dad it's so been I can't
0: imagine anybody else
1: thank you and hopefully we can be you know having a you know, good times together and for many, many Father's Days and years to come. And- Long time, yeah. I All
0: forgot. Right, well, I, I didn't realize I could have sent you an E-card. Uh, we called you for Father's Day, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. well thanks for
1: having me on. It's been fun. And uh, yeah. we didn't talk as much sports as we probably thought. You probably kept it, you know. No, of- I we,
0: I was thinking if you come on again, we could talk sports because that, cause that could take a while, you know. The sports, Good. you could just keep talking. I was trying to have other topics than sports. So, yeah. Okay,
1: well, if you do see Game Changers, you could do a, a movie review of a vegan we movie. We could do that, yeah. As well. Anyway. And-
0: mm-hmm. Anyways, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you've made it this far, please follow at ReluctantVeganSun on Instagram. I post pretty much every day. Oh, I missed a couple days, and I post my, either my life on the farm, some pictures of me and my family, pictures of what's going on, and food that I do make. I'm going to be posting a picture later today. And you'll know when all the new podcasts come out. They come out mostly on Saturdays once a week. And uh, yeah, thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye Bye, everyone. Thanks, Adam. Take care.